Hey guys, welcome to the Marriage Ignited Podcast. We are Adrian and Jennifer Pina, bringing practical and spiritual tools to ignite your marriage. Welcome to episode 13, guys. In today's episode, we are going to talk about a very relevant topic for all of humanity in many ways, and we're going to talk about overcoming disappointment specifically as a couple. Now, there's a lot of disappointment in our world right now, and that stems from a lot of uncertainty, extra stress because of this COVID pandemic, and many of you may be having some serious struggles that you're going through right now that are deeply impacting your marriage from losses of jobs and all kinds of other different scenarios. So as we share our thoughts in this podcast and a little bit about how we overcame disappointment in a very real way, in a very personal situation we're going to share, we are hoping that you will be encouraged and we pray that your marriage will be both encouraged and ignited uh, through this process. Disappointment is an inevitable part of life. And it will be woven throughout your marriage through the many years that you hopefully have together. It will be just a thread that is woven in there inevitably. Most couples make it a a point to acknowledge this inevitability in our wedding vows. We often hear the phrases, um, for better, for worse, in sickness and in health, till death do us part. That's a really common vow that many of us have used to acknowledge the inevitability of disappointment and hard times that will come in our marriage. But when disappointment hits, it can be really devastating. And we often feel ill-equipped to handle the various situations that we face. If you are working through disappointment as a couple today, we want to encourage you that you are not alone and that you can get through it together. So true. Very important, together. So we are going to start by exploring what are some common sources of disappointment. Now, we're going to go ahead and give you three kind of common sources for disappointment, and I'm sure there's many, many more. But we just want to work through these three, tell you what what they are, and explain them a little bit. So the first one is unmet expectations. In relationships, we all have expectations, and a lot of times those going unmet lead to disappointment. We have expectations of God, if you're a believer. We have expectations sometimes of ourselves that aren't even realistic, and we also have expectations of our spouse. So unmet expectations is a big source of disappointment. The second one would be shattered dreams. What we mean by that is that Sometimes you have dreams and goals that you'd love to see in your life and in your marriage, whether it's maybe having kids, maybe it's having that American dream of the house with the white picket fence and all that. And when those things don't come to pass, that dream job that you get passed up over, those shattered dreams can easily lead to disappointment. And the last one is really circumstances outside of our control. Anybody expect a a pandemic to break out in 2020? (laughs) And so... When those things are outside of our control, those often lead to disappointment as well. For example, unmet expectations have such a huge impact on our marriage. Often we enter into marriage and we don't even realize the certain expectations that we have until they're unmet. Other times we have a whole laundry list of expectations. (laughs) However, we got those and inside our heads, 
And we sometimes never even communicate those expectations to our spouse. So there's no way they possibly could meet them, nor could we have a conversation about if they're actually realistic. So we may also have unmet expectations of God, where we have certain things that we think that he should do if you're a believer. And then obviously the ones that you have for yourself. So you can easily see how this can be a source of disappointment. Going a little deeper with shattered dreams, shattered dreams are a huge source of disappointment. This is one that many of you may be facing right now because of the pandemic. Maybe you're, you were planning a big trip or saving for retirement and have, have a major shift happening in your finances because of everything that's going on with this crisis. Or maybe you're facing shattered dreams due to other reasons, health problems, career changes, issues that are happening with the lives of your children that were, are disappointing. There can be so many shattered dreams that we face. We also have the source of disappointment of circumstances outside of our control. This is one that as a personal as a person, I love to be in control of things. No. And with so many things outside of our control right now, it is totally devastating and so disappointing. So many things that we want to do or we want to try to help fix something and we can't do anything that is so so disappointing. Maybe you have another source of disappointment that you face. Our list is by, by no way exclusive. Whatever it is, we believe it's possible to overcome your disappointment with God and with the help of your spouse, holding on to one another and holding on to Jesus. That's really the biggest thing, right? Is that you can have the possibility to overcome the disappointment. The sorrow and everything with it does not last always. Yeah. And I think that's hopefully something that you'll gather as we walk through a little bit of our experience. So Jen and I want to take this opportunity to be able to tell you and kind of walk through this disappointment with one of the biggest experiences of disappointment we have had as a married couple. And we're just going to be very honest with you about this situation. So when Jen and I got married, I was 21 and she was 28. So yep, she's seven years older than I am. So... Most people think I'm older anyway because of the gray, and I just joke. Our and say, secrets out. Our secrets out. <laughs> I just joke and say it's just the wisdom growing in, you know. So most people think she's younger anyway. But um, having said that, having children has always been a huge desire of ours. I come from a Latin family, large family, and it was almost kind of expected you have kids as well. In fact, due to our personal convictions as it related to children. We never prevented pregnancy with any type of birth control. So truly welcoming as many children into our family as God would desire was kind of our goal. We used to joke and say we thought we'd be the Duggars for the longest time. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. So in fact, we are so passionate about this belief that we actually incorporated into our wedding certain vows related to family and children. And we want to actually share some of those with you. So here's one of them. Recognizing the present culture war that seeks to undermine the covenantal structure of the Christian family in our society, do you both vow to uphold a high value of life and family? To which we both said that we did. Mm -hmm. Then we repeated this, uh, these lines, enabled by God's grace and guided by the wisdom of biblical revelation, we vow to establish and maintain a Christian home to receive our children as gifts of God's blessings, to nurture and train them in his word and ways, 
to honor Christ and the gospel of the kingdom by doing so. So you guys, our family thought we were crazy. I mean, some of our family members thought we were crazy. Everyone expected that we would have a whole herd of children and that I would get pregnant like immediately. And it just didn't unfold that way. I was excited about having my own baseball team. (laughs) And so it didn't unfold that way. I did not get pregnant right away. But in February of 2007, Adrian had a really special Valentine's Day when we found out that we were pregnant with what we thought was the first of many, many children. And so we proceeded to call all of our family members, all of our loved ones, our friends, and we just celebrated the awesome news of our first baby. We were so excited. We were so excited. Just a few weeks later, I was in a lot of pain and bleeding, and we went to the doctor immediately. And after being examined, the doctor ushered Adrian and I into his private office, which is never a good sign, and shared with us the devastating news that I had had a miscarriage. And we were disappointed doesn't even really encapsulate it. Our, we were shattered. Our hearts were shattered. And I vividly remember, as I know you do, driving home from the doctor's appointment with, you know, kind of absorbing the shock of that news and entering into our home and both of us going into our bedroom and just crumbling by the side of the bed in prayer and crying out to God. And we were just the utter groans of agony crying out to God. Why would he allow that to happen? And just really sharing just our pain in our heart with him and with each other in that moment. I think the word that you said was very appropriate was groaning. You know, scripture talks about sometimes we have groans with words that can't even be uttered. And like, I felt like I didn't even know what to say. It was just like this wailing almost came out, you know, just from the gut. And it was like a a gut punch, basically, uh, for us. And something that was very hard to process initially to be able to work through. Yeah, I think it took us years to even grapple with what happened and what has even happened since then. Yeah. So as we continue in this session, we're going to be sharing with you some of the ways that we overcame that disappointment as a couple. And so I'm going to just briefly list them out for you, and then we're going to go into them more in depth. So the first way was that we lamented. Secondly, we talked to Jesus. We prayed. Third, we reevaluated. Fourth, we did what we can do. And then fifth, we trusted God, releasing it to God. As we talk through these steps of how we overcame in light of our story, I do want to just say one thing as well as first is that the level of disappointment, I think, really relates to the level of the amount of time, I think, correlates as to how long it may take you to kind of be able to process through that. It wasn't instantaneous us processing through this. It took a while as we'll share some details with it, but we did find some things that were helpful and it did get better over time. And so the first thing we did was lament. Now, lament is not a term that you hear about all the time. It's not exactly something you use in a regular vernacular. As a matter of fact, it's primarily a biblical term, but lament is something that's extremely biblical and very important. It means this, a lament is a prayer in pain 
that leads to trust. Let me say that again. It's a prayer in pain that leads to trust. We have said from the beginning, Marriage Ignited, we take this unabashedly from a Christian perspective. And so this is a prayer that is expressing pain, but in turn, it's turning that over to God. It is something that is found throughout the Bible, this idea of lamenting, especially in the book of Lamentations and also Mm -hmm. in the book of Psalms. But it's really an expression of grief. We lament sometimes over the loss of a dream job, for example, uh, a broken marriage when you lament when you're filing divorce papers, or the death of a loved one, for example. And Solomon does a really good job of bringing this out about how there are different seasons of life. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, starting at verse 1, he says, For everything there is a season, and a time for every matter under heaven. And in verse 4, he says, There is a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance. Lament usually begins with us turning toward God, levying a complaint to God, requesting God to move, and then eventually we hopefully get to the point where we can say, I trust you, Lord. Lament is honest and it's raw talking to God, expressing your struggles, but simultaneously going to him in faith, believing and putting your trust in him. So for Jen and I, when it came to this idea of lament and when it came to the miscarriage, we lamented a lot. We turned to God and expressed our disappointment out loud, very loud and clear. I remember saying things personally like, how can others who don't even want children have them and we can't? I remember telling God and negotiating with him and saying, we committed to you in our wedding vows how much we were committed to family. And to have as many children as you would give us. I remember saying things like, God, this isn't fair. And asking the question of why. My emotions were very raw. Both of our emotions. But guess what? God is a big boy and he could take it. At the end of the day, God knows our emotions anyway, so there's no need to hide them from him. And so we don't have to hide those emotions. So here's my question for you. Have you ever lamented as a couple? It is okay to verbalize your disappointment with God. That's really the source to whom we should give it to. In addition, a healthy marriage should be a space where we can lament with each other as well as a way of being able to process through those emotions together. It is okay to mourn through disappointment together as a couple. As a matter of fact, it actually in many ways can bring you closer together. I feel so grateful that, you know, if you think about it, I mean, obviously with something like a pregnancy, you're not generally in a marriage, you're not doing that by yourself, right? But I still feel so grateful that we were able to to lament through that together, that we had each other to understand the pain of that moment and to be able to lament through that with each other, you know, encouraging one another along the way. To me, I feel really grateful that we had each other for that moment. I agree. It's so funny because we shared the joy together, but we shared the pain together as well, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's something healing about being able to do that and to be able to process that through together, because there's one thing when sometimes you can understand what somebody goes through from an intellectual level, but to be able to walk through that situation where you had the same experience in that way brings it to a whole nother level. And I know that even after that, when we've lamented, 
because no one else can truly understand everything that we've gone through and what we believe and just all the whole scenario, like we have this very unique experience that we share, which, you know, you have as well with your spouse, right? So it's such a beautiful thing to be able to lament together, even though it's painful that we're in that moment together. And it's the opportunity to hold on to one another as we hold on to Jesus is a really beautiful way that we grow through pain. The second way that we overcame our disappointment is through prayer, talking to God. Once our raw emotions were out, we turned to prayer. We asked God not only to give us children, obviously, but we asked him to heal our hearts, to remove the anger and the disappointment that we felt, to give us faith to trust him no matter what happened. Prayer is so important because it redirects our focus. It puts our disappointments in the capable, powerful hands of God instead of our own. Amen to that. So we prayed together as a couple, and we would encourage you to do the same thing. Disappointment when you're married is a shared experience. Use prayer as a vehicle to be able to process through those experiences together. So pray over your disappointments as a couple. For Jen and I, it wasn't praying just one time. It wasn't like just the time we came home and we collapsed at the immediacy of the news. There were plenty of times when things triggered our emotions, when we thought about it, lots of tears being shed, and lots of times when we went to our knees in prayer. And so when you're dealing with a major disappointment like miscarriage, we pray together often to help us both process through our emotions together. And then also to be able to process that with God in that way. So the third thing is to reevaluate. So to reevaluate essentially your expectations. So as you work through disappointment, there comes a moment of reflection when you're able to kind of pause away from the situation for a moment where you simply must reevaluate. Here's what we mean by that, especially in the case of unmet expectations. Sometimes we need to take inventory and ask ourselves if the issue that I'm disappointed about is really my own fault. Did I communicate my expectations? Are my expectations even realistic and fair to my spouse, to God, in that way, to myself, in that way? Are there uncontrollable circumstances like a pandemic, Mm. like financial loss, Mm. like, you know, children and Difficulties with children, all those different things, contributing to why a situation isn't working out the way that I'd like it to. As you reevaluate and take the opportunity to do that, a lot of times it'll give you a different perspective and you may see the entire situation in a little bit of a different light. It doesn't mean that it may take away the sting of the situation a little bit, but it may help you to understand and be able to navigate and work through it a little bit better. And reevaluating is so powerful. I love that. All right. So next up, do what you can do. When faced with disappointment, what is within your control? What can you do? For us, this involved continuing to pray and processing with each other. We also sought out medical care to make sure that there wasn't anything preventing us from getting pregnant medically that we didn't know about. So we went through a series of tests and exams 
to see if there was anything that was preventing us from getting pregnant naturally. We continued to try to get pregnant, which was a very fun process. Yes, it was. (laughs) At the end of the day, we wanted to know what was happening so that we could reevaluate our expectations if there was some kind of medical challenge, which there wasn't. How you respond to disappointment is so important. So just think about the next step you can take. What is within my control right now? Ask yourself that question. What can I do? And do those things. At least do those things and see what happens from there. Yeah, absolutely. And the last one that we kind of journey through is we finally just released it to God. And so in our journey through disappointment, we eventually got to the point where we like threw our hands up and we released our disappointment about not being able to have children to God. We allowed what we knew and to be the truth about God to finally override the disappointment, the hurt, and the circumstances. We know that God is a good father and he loves his children. And so when we release our disappointment to God, we are actively saying, as hard as it is, not my will, but your will be done, and releasing that control over to him. Now, if you've ever are familiar with the book of Job, the book of Job is where we get essentially the biggest theology of suffering in the Bible. And Job was a guy who was a righteous guy and who went through so many different things and various different testings. And they came to a point where he was dealing with so much disappointment and he started questioning God. And really at the end of the book in chapters 40 and 41, God kind of gives him the proper perspective. He changes his perspective. He starts telling Job, where were you when the world was created? Who were you to hang stars in the sky and all these various different things to change his perspective? And then Job finally has a come to Jesus moment where he realizes he needs to release his disappointment to God. And I want you to listen to his words in Job chapter 42, verses one to six. This is from the New Living Translation, which I really like the way it's written. And it says this, Then Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do anything and that no one can stop you. You asked, who is this that questions my wisdom with such arrogance? It is I. And I was talking about things I knew nothing about, things that were far too wonderful for me. You said, listen, and I will speak. I have some questions for you and you must answer them. I had only heard about you before, but now I have seen with my own eyes. I take back everything I have said, and I sit in dust and ashes to show my repentance. It's powerful stuff. Yeah, it is. So after much lament and prayer, Job finally got to a point where he had to realize some of the questions he had he could not comprehend the answers to, that God's ways weren't his ways. And he finally got to a point where he released that disappointment to God. This release, when we do that, what we're doing is essentially like lifting a weight off our shoulders, a weight that we're not meant to carry. And so we lift that weight off our shoulders of disappointment and we give it into the hands of a loving father. And that was not an easy process to do. But we finally got to that point of releasing it to God. In the years that followed our miscarriage, we had a lot of lament that we went through. Um, I'm sure we'll share more about our infertility journey 
with you in another podcast. We're not quite ready to go more in depth with that yet, Mm -hmm. but we wanted to share it a little bit with you today to hopefully encourage you who are facing disappointment right now. Let's just say that we talked to God a lot. We were very disappointed. We cried a lot and we prayed a lot. Shortly after our miscarriage, we did what we could do by following through with the medical exams and tests to determine if there was any medical reason for our infertility that they could find, which they never did find anything medically wrong with us. After nearly 15 years of marriage, we do not have any children, and we are at peace with the fact that it is not part of God's plan for our lives. Ultimately, we have chosen to trust God and release this to him. So guys, it was a process. It took us a while to be able to walk through this. But eventually we got to a place where we genuinely could say that we have complete peace. Complete peace with God's decision and to be able to live that through. A few years ago, we had a very profound moment when we realized that God does not owe us children just because we follow him. In some way, just because we've given our lives to him doesn't obligate him to bless us in that way in which we desire. And it was a moment of release that was so powerful because no longer did we dread things like pregnancy, announcements, baby showers, gender reveals, things of that nature. I think it was a release too because. No longer did we view ourselves as lacking or view ourselves in the place from disappointment, that we were living some kind of disappointing life because God didn't allow us to have children. Rather than viewing ourselves and our circumstance that way, we saw ourselves in the light of what God, what was true, that this wasn't part of God's story, but there were, there are many wonderful different elements to our life that we enjoy and love. And so even though that one piece of our life didn't work out the way we expected and we wor- and we worked through this valley of disappointment as a result, we aren't lacking in anything. Our lives are full and beautiful and blessed Amen. and favored by God even though we had to go through that disappointment. And I almost feel like the disappointment helped illuminate this area of our life, helped illuminate, even though, you know, obviously had, had we, if we had a choice, we would have had children, but through that disappointment, we really be, as we, as we healed from it and worked through these steps through the end to where we released it to God, we were able to see our lives in his, in his light and not our own. And in that heaviness of disappointment was lifted from us, like Adrian said, you know, shifted over to God's shoulders. And we're able to see that our life is favored by God and we are walking in his perfect plan. And his perfect plan isn't always what we think it should be, but that doesn't make it any less perfect. That doesn't make it any less beautiful and wonderful and favored. It just means that it's a little different than what we thought it was going to be. And so I think that in that process, this when the shift happened for us, that was a major, major component for us to be able to view ourselves and our lives from a different, from his light, basically. That's so good, babe. So true. Amen. God has been good to us 
and we cannot complain about God's goodness to us. Amen. So if you are in a place of despair and dis- disappointment right now, whatever it may be, it may not be infertility, but it may be a different situation. Please know that we don't share this very personal story with you very lightly today. We hope that this example of walking through disappointment as a couple and holding on tight to Jesus and each other in the midst of it helps you face whatever disappointment that you are facing today. There is hope. Just know that there is hope. So every episode, you know that we love to leave you with a tool that you could be able to put into practice this week. So as you listen to this episode, we encourage you to do that with your spouse and pray together about these five steps in overcoming disappointment. Use use it to have an honest conversation with each other of maybe a disappointment that you're experiencing individually or as a couple together right now. So take inventory. Where are you at in this process? What is your greatest pain, challenge, and fear right now? And how can both of you take steps toward trusting God through this disappointment? Here are the steps that we covered for overcoming disappointment, as we mentioned in today's episode. First is lamenting. Second, talking to Jesus. Third, reevaluate. Fourth, do what you can do. And then fifth is releasing it to God and trusting him. In our next episode, it's going to be so much fun, you guys. I'm really excited about this one. So one of the most common issues that comes into our church office relates to what we like to call the division of labor. Yep. Within the home and marriage, we cannot wait to share some tips with you on how to navigate conversations and explore how to better divide the many tasks that are required to manage your family life together. It's going to be great. This is going to be a lot of fun this episode. Looking forward to that one. Mm -hmm. So look for new episodes to drop every Tuesday, 2 p.m. Eastern time. And guys, utilize this podcast to invest in your marriage. If you are checking this out on the YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button. We are going to work very hard to continue to bring you awesome content and would appreciate if you liked this video. It really helps to bring exposure to Marriage Ignited. So get social with us, guys. We'd love for you to share this video, this podcast with your friends and tag us at Marriage Ignited. Drop a comment in the comments and let us know what stood out to you the most in this episode. What were some things that challenged you? What are some things that maybe you are going through as a couple that we could share about in future episodes? We'd love to hear from you and interact with you. We'd also love it if you're following us on YouTube, if you hit the little notification bell. That way you don't miss a single episode. They'll notify you as soon as one gets posted every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern. We are so excited to be with you again next week as we tackle this fun topic of the division of labor. You guys are going to be so blessed by the practical tools we share in this episode. We cannot wait. We'll see you again next Tuesday. Look forward to it, guys. God bless.